Well, that wasn't the result I was expecting. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your Locked On Nittany Lions host. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. On today's edition of Locked On Nittany Lions, uh, we are going to go through in depth the Penn State Central Michigan game. That was a, it was a win. Penn State is now 4-0. You have four wins in September. Uh, you should be considered the favorite to win against Northwestern next week. So 1-0 this week. That's really all that matters to Penn State. I'll recap the game. I'll start by giving you my instant reaction, and then we'll go through what went right for the Nittany Lions and what went wrong for them and finish up the show with all the players who stood out in this game for Penn State. As far as my reaction to it, it was an okay game. They they gave it their all against Auburn, and it's difficult to get up for a MAC team the following week. I completely understand that. You you go down to Jordan Hare Stadium, first time a Big Ten team's playing in the SEC, and then you have to be able to take that same intensity into Central Michigan. Yeah, that is that is very difficult to do. I mean, aside from a couple missed field goals, a blocked PAT, Penn State did win by three touchdowns against what should be considered the favorite to win the MAC conference. I mean, Central Michigan is good. Now, when I made my prediction of 59 to 10, I was looking at them and comparing them to Penn State of where they could expose them because the Nittany Lions actually matched up very well with the way that Central Michigan operates. Uh, Central Michigan it does not do well against the big play. They struggle to defend it, and Penn State has been doing that. They've been explosive. They've had uh, big plays. They've had 50-, 60-yard runs, but it wasn't there on Saturday. Central Michigan did a really good job of keeping everything in check, uh, and that's how you got the 33-14 to result. Uh, so Penn State 4-0 to start the season, just in a little bit of a letdown spot this Saturday. And, th- and that's why the letdown spot, especially in college football, exists. Um, because college football is still very emotional. When you get to the NFL, and NIL is involved in college athletics now. So there is money. There's, uh, there's a financial stake to it. But in the NFL, it's a little more business-related. It's not as much emotion. Uh, you do have the intensity but it definitely cools off, I would say, when you go from college to the NFL. Uh, it's still a little different. Uh, also, these athletes aren't at their fullest mature state. So uh, they're going to be young. They're going to be over-emotional. They're going to be uh, basically in these hyper waves of giving everything and then just, you know what, Let, let's, let's relax here. But what was interesting to me is that Penn State opened up the game 14 to nothing. And then, not sure why, the foot was left off of the gas pedal. Uh, they really could have hammered Central Michigan, and it just went away. I think when Central Michigan scored its first touchdown, 
uh, at Penn State was like, whoa, they are they are here to play. Uh, and they just didn't react accordingly. I don't think they were expecting the Chippewas to fight back. And that shows what a good coach Jim McElwain is. McElwain coached in the SEC. He led Florida to some good winning seasons, but it wasn't enough for the Gators to keep him around. Lands at Central Michigan, and, and now he's the right guy for them. So when Penn State punched first and went up 14 to nothing, they said, hey, we're in a good spot. We can keep this going. Not expecting Central Michigan to punch back the way they did. And I think that's what happened. Uh, Central Michigan also played as well as they could under the circumstances. I mean, think about this. It was a 19-point deficit. Penn State won by three scores. And add in the field goal, the extra points, or the two-point conversions that were all missed out. Penn State, I think, wins this game max by 24. And the spread was 28, so no, they didn't cover. They weren't a great team this week. Good teams win, great teams cover. A good team won this week for going on that phrase. Uh, but Central Michigan really did well picking up on Manny Diaz's blitzes. Uh, the offensive line uh, held its own after losing two starters from a year ago. And Manny Diaz sent the house. Uh, he was rushing guys left and right. I think they were simple, simpler blitz concepts, but they were still signing seven guys at the line of scrimmage. And Central Michigan, with five offensive linemen and maybe a running back in to help, gave Daniel Richardson the additional time to make those reads and make those throws. Uh, now, the receivers bailed him out a little bit because he wasn't always the most accurate. It felt so strange to me to watch these Central Michigan tight ends and wide receivers make all these one-handed catches behind their head, uh, going away from their body. And it, and it wasn't just once or twice. It was probably half a dozen, maybe a little over that. And I said, you know what? Why is the backup tight end look like Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, making one of these one-handed catches? It was uh, kudos to them. Maybe that's something they're really good at, and it just hasn't shown up on tape yet. Uh, they also schemed the defense very well for Penn State. Back to the coaching, Jim McElwain put together as best of a game plan as he could because I thought that Penn State would exploit their weaknesses what did Central Michigan do all week? They practiced preventing the big play. They would bail the safety. Uh, they always had extra help. The cornerbacks were actually really good at covering the Penn State wide receivers. And we, when we talk about what went right and what went wrong for Penn State, this is going to come back up. The Central Michigan secondary was actually very good at blanketing Penn State receivers, whether that was by scheme or just they were having a better day than Penn State's wideouts. It definitely showed because Sean Clifford had to throw into some tight windows. Uh, and Central Michigan benefits from having some talented guys. Lou Nichols III has a future in the NFL. I don't know what kind of back he'll be necessarily, uh, but he is a guy that does have a future in the pros just by his physicality, and he is so tough to bring down. It took multiple Penn State players to tackle this guy. And if Lou Nichols III is giving you problems, then I imagine that Travion Henderson and Blake Corum may have that same effect as well for Ohio State and Michigan, respectively. Uh, Lou Nichols, I think, is playing at a school that is below his line, uh, but he, it's his home. He plays there. He's the number one guy, and I think he likes that. Uh, and you can develop anywhere. I, I could go on a whole rant about just go to the place that fits you best. You don't have to try to be at an Alabama to be successful. You are able to go to a smaller school 
and make your way to the pros if you are truly that gifted. Uh, think about a David Johnson, for example. Uh, he's not really as uh, as active in the NFL anymore, but he went to Northern Iowa and had one of the best seasons for a running back with the Arizona Cardinals, if uh, football fans remember that, from about five or six years ago. Uh, nevertheless, Lou Nichols III uh, is really good, and it shows that Penn State is just going to have to be a little more aware of running backs that are physical like him because they are going to see that next week in Evan Hall, or this upcoming Saturday, I should say, when Northwestern, with its running game, has a physical back like that. Eventually a Blake Corum in a few weeks, a Travion Henderson with Ohio State, and Ibrahim from Minnesota. So uh, the Big Ten is full of these kinds of guys. Uh, continuing with the assessment from Penn State and Central Michigan, uh, even though Sean Clifford looked like he was struggling, he was still responsible for four total touchdowns. He was 23 of 35. Sean Clifford performed well. Uh, I also didn't like that this wasn't a game where we saw a lot of backups. Uh, they didn't get enough meaningful reps. Uh, Amari Evans came onto the field, the one wide receiver, uh, you had some offensive linemen like a J.B. Nelson coming in. I don't know if anybody was injured or if they were trying to get him reps, but he came in uh, kind of early, uh, and J.B. Nelson is along that borderline third string of offensive linemen. So either he was getting those reps earlier than expected or he had a good week at practice and he's making his way up the depth chart or there are some injury concerns that we don't know about. Drew Aller didn't come in until late in the fourth quarter. So I, I was really hoping... I was eager to see Bo Prabula get in the game in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't that kind of game. And Central Michigan played Penn State as well as it could. Uh, to finish up my initial reaction, Penn State's secondary is loaded. This is an A-plus group. Joey Porter Jr. is a top 15 pick in next year's NFL draft. You have guys like Johnny Dixon, Kalen King, Zachy Wheatley, Jalen Reed, that all can make plays on the football. And I haven't even mentioned Jair Brown and Keaton Ellis, the veterans. This is a very diverse group, and it's why you're seeing Manny Diaz put seven defensive backs on the field at once. It is because that is their best asset, so why not put the best playmakers on the field? Abdul Carter needs to start at the Mike linebacker, and I don't think you need to play around with this anymore. It is nothing against Kobe King or Tyler Elston. Abdul Carter on the field for more plays is the best thing that could happen for Penn State. The linebacking core has been very solid to this point, despite all the criticism in the offseason about not having the depth or maybe the necessary talent to be comparable in the Big Ten, and Abdul Carter now provides that spark if it's just a matter of him not recognizing offensive schemes because as the Mike linebacker, you are essentially the quarterback of this defense. So him being a true freshman, I totally get that, but the second it just it clicks for him, give him the go, give him the full green light, and let him be the starter and play as many snaps as he can. And Penn State, of course, has now moved up in the AP Top 25. They are 11, which I think is a lot more appropriate. You had teams like Oklahoma get knocked off by Kansas State, which is how Penn State is able to benefit from this. But they should have been 11th in my book. They were a week ago. But according to the AP, they are not. The coaches poll, uh, it, the same thing. Teams are just... I should say the voters are disrespecting what Penn State has done with two power five road wins and you don't have any 
close outcomes with MAC opponents. Ohio was decisive. Central Michigan wasn't as decisive, but it was still pretty decisive, I would have to say. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be certain, 100%, that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We'll be back in just a few. This is Locked on Nittany Lines. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. What went right for Penn State versus Central Michigan and what went wrong? Coming up. This is Locked On Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Penn State had a lot go right for themselves. They also had some things go wrong. Let's assess what went right. Let's start with the positives before we criticize. Penn State once again forced a number of takeaways, and that was good to see against Auburn, and you had it again against Central Michigan. So this Manny Diaz defense is now has now forced eight takeaways in the span of two games, keeping with that four average, you had two interceptions and two fumble recoveries. Johnny Dixon, Dixon had an interception. Kalen King forced a fumble and then recovered it. Zachy Wheatley, the turnover king from the offseason, had an interception as well. I mean, he Wheatley is just a playmaker. He has an eye for the football and knows where it is at all time. Even when he wasn't making an interception or a fumble recovery, he was very close if you watch the game. Uh, Curtis Jacobs had the fumble recovery. Right place, right time. Uh, it was a muff, pump by, a muff punt by the Central Michigan returner, uh, but Penn State capitalized on that and then scored a few plays later. Protecting the football again. So you take, you don't give back. Penn State has had zero turnovers since the fourth quarter of Purdue in week one. Sean Clifford threw the pick six. I don't think it was a bad throw. I think it was a miscommunication. It still turned into six points for Purdue, but nevertheless, Penn State hasn't even put the football on the ground, period. Whether it's Sean Clifford, whether it's Singleton, whether it's Allen, whether it's a wide receiver, a tight end, the football has not been in harm's way by this Penn State offense. You have one turnover to date, and it was in the fourth quarter against Purdue. The ground game continues to look excellent. Katron Allen was actually the leading running back with 113 yards, and it was the third game in a row where a Penn State running back had an had a 100-yard game. Katron Allen just knew how to pick apart that defense. Uh, Nicholas Singleton didn't have the best game, uh, and people were, I think, critical of him finishing with 12 carries and 42 yards, so it wasn't your Singleton-esque performance. But this is why you have two capable running backs. Sometimes it is just Katron Allen's day. That's why I compare them to Journey Brown and Noah Kane. Sometimes Noah Kane was just better that day. Sometimes it was Journey Brown. Sometimes it was both. And this time you had Katron Allen step up when Singleton just didn't have it all against Central Michigan. 
The offensive line deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, the team collectively averaged 5.2 yards per carry on the ground, and Sean Clifford actually did not get sacked. There was some pressure. But Drew Aller uh, was the only one to get sacked, and that was late in the fourth quarter when you had some more rotational guys in. So the starting offensive line with all those guys uh, was consistent. They were good, and they're just continuing to gel as the season goes on. And the last thing that really went well for Penn State against Central Michigan was the punting game. Barney Amore needs to be in the All-America consideration here. He just knows how to boot the football. Three punts inside the 20. He's averaging 40. He averaged 45, 44.5 yards per punt in that game against Central Michigan. You lose that big booming leg of Jordan Stout. Barney Amore is not necessarily capable the way that Jordan Stout was to boot a 60-yard punt into the air, and that is fine, but Amore is so good at angling punts and the way that he's able to get some backspin on it, like that takes serious talent. That one where he pinned Central Michigan inside the two, he angled it perfectly at the corner in front of the pylon, and that thing just bounced to the right and out of bounds. A Penn State defender or a special teams coverage guy didn't even have to try and down it. Barney Amore did it all himself. So you have the good. What was the bad from Saturday between the Nittany Lions and Central Michigan? The pass rush was still a little underwhelming. I've been more critical of it at the beginning of the season. I thought with all of the depth, the returning talent of guys like Adisa Isaac and PJ Mustafer, I thought this defensive line unit would be on par with the secondary. They are not. There was limited pressure on quarterback Daniel Richardson. And with the way that Manny Diaz was blitzing the line of scrimmage, I am really surprised that it took till the fourth quarter in garbage time for Deny Dennis Sutton to get two sacks in the game. And that was all him. That was nothing schemed. He was able to get those sacks, and he's going to get credit for them at the end of the day. But I just feel like Penn State is not getting enough pressure from the first four guys up front. If it wasn't for Deny Dennis Sutton getting his sacks late in the game, a cornerback would still be leading Penn State in sacks. And that's not really what you want to see when the, when it's their job and the cornerback's job is to break up passes. Central Michigan was able to pick up big chunks of yardage, and that might have been from scheming in the offense. They ran a lot of pick plays that got Penn State players trapped with the referee or got them trapped, uh, blocked by another receiver and it allowed them to pick open one of Daniel Richardson's targets. I, I don't know. It's it's just something to keep an eye on for. It feels like the, the crossing routes are just a headache for Penn State, whether it's Manny Diaz or a Brent Pry-led defense. Place kicking. Place kicking is still an issue for Penn State. You had the blocked PAT. You had two missed field goals in the game, one by Jake Penninger and one by Sanders Sahadik. And it just ultimately begs the question again, is Penn State going to be able to make a game-winning field goal if it's 35, 40, 45 plus yards? I, I don't know for sure because Ohio State and Michigan are definitely going to be a lot closer, maybe even Minnesota. And if you aren't able to connect on low-pressure field goals, what happens when it is a high-pressure situation? Jake Penninger is capable We've seen it when he was a lot younger, but now as a veteran, this this does need to be nailed down 
and it's not. And you have Sanders say, hey, Deck, attempting long 50-yard-plus field goals, and he's not able to nail that. So it is something to keep an eye on moving forward for Penn State uh, when they get into these closer games. The final thing that went wrong for Penn State is that the wide receivers really didn't get all that too open, and that just might have been good coverage by the cornerbacks and the safeties for Central Michigan. It just might have been good defensive play calling for Central Michigan. Nevertheless, I thought the wide receivers did struggle to break away from coverage. Uh, That was just my opinion. The statistics show that Brenton Strange had a nice day. Parker Washington uh, was was open from time to time, but it wasn't. It just wasn't as much as I like to to see. Sean Clifford had to throw into some really tight windows. You had Central Michigan corners making plays on the football. No turnovers, which was good, but just some just some pass breakups and tight windows to throw into. To conclude this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions, we will talk about the players who stood out and had good individual performances from Saturday's game between Penn State and Central Michigan. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Stay tuned. Final segment today, let's discuss the players who stood out for Penn State. Let's start with the quarterback. Sean Clifford had 217 passing yards, three touchdowns through the air, one on the ground, And the most important number, zero turnovers. On the season, 890 passing yards, eight passing touchdowns, one interception, a 148.9 passer rating, and a 65.2 QBR quarterback rating. On the season, on the ground, 54 rushing yards and four rushing TDs. So Sean Clifford is responsible for 12 touchdowns this season, and he is leading a Penn State offense that is averaging 39 points per game. He's also led this team to two Power 5 road wins. You have to start considering Sean Clifford to be a Heisman candidate. I don't know where he necessarily ranks, but he is definitely a Heisman candidate this season. The stats that he's put up, the way he's taken the hits, if you watch the games, you will agree that Sean Clifford should be a Heisman candidate this season. And if he continues this performance... The conversation only, I, I think, only gets easier. Katron Allen stood out, of course. He was the leading rusher, 13 carries, 111 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, it's nice to see when the conversation has been Nicholas Singleton, Singleton, Singleton. Katron Allen starting to get the respect, uh, and, and they're both very good at what they do individually, and they complement each other well. Katron Allen. I think we'll have more performances like that when he gets the opportunity. Brenton Strange, tight end number one. Dr. Strange, I call him that throughout the season. Five receptions, 42 yards, two touchdowns. It seems that he has become Mr. All-Reliable for Sean Clifford at the quarterback position. If you need a guarantee, go-to guy. You need yardage picked up. It is Brenton Strange in the red zone. It is Brenton Strange. I thought it would have been Theo Johnson this year. But Strange has stepped up in more ways than one for Penn State. On the defensive side of things, the secondary is filled with playmakers. I'm going to go with one of them, Kalen King. Uh, According to PFF College, Pro Football Focus College Edition, Kalen King was actually the highest graded defender in week four. He had a 93.1, and that's because King forced a fumble 
and recovered it also, recovered his own forced fumble on the heels of the red zone to really put Central Michigan away. This That one came in the fourth quarter. And then he also had four passes defended. Kalen King was extremely active uh, on Saturday, and, and it really showed. I'll stick with the secondary. How about Joey Porter Jr.? You, you really can't throw on this guy. Almost had a pick six in the game. Uh, three passes defended for him. And I'll reiterate that he needs to be a top 15 pick in next year's draft. On the season, and this is also from Pro Football Focus College Edition, 144 coverage snaps, 21 targets, 9 receptions allowed, and 9 forced incompletions. Joey Porter Jr. is a lockdown cornerback and I think needs to be in the conversation for one of the best cornerbacks in all of college football right now. While Joey Porter Jr. is doing that, Johnny Dixon is playing good football. Three passes defended on Saturday, had that sideline interception, able, was able to get both feet in bounds, so it was an NFL interception. Kalen King, Joey Porter Jr., Johnny Dixon, those are three boundary corners that all stood out. I was critical of the defensive line, but I do want to give credit where credit is due. And P.J. Mustafer led the team with six tackles on the day. No signs of injury to his leg. He had knee surgery last season. He's just back in full force. He's one of the smartest players on the football field. And normally defensive tackles don't show up in the stat column. Their, their job is to eat up space and eat up blockers. And P.J. Mustafer had six tackles. So when your defensive tackles making plays like that, uh, you know that he had a good game. And then we'll finish with the night Dennis Sutton. I already brought him up, but he has three three sacks, and all three of them came in the last two games. Deny Dennis Sutton's the real deal. I think he's going to warrant more playing time as the season rolls on, uh, and, and as he gets adjusted. But he's six foot five, two sixty. He, he's very hard to contain as it is. I, I think he might get to ten sacks on the season this year. I, I would not be surprised. Penn State plays Northwestern this Saturday. It's a 3.30 kickoff. Uh, more to come throughout this week on Locked on Nittany Lions as we are going to preview the Nittany Lions and the Wildcats uh, and react to James Franklin's press conference once again leading up to the game and much, much more. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked on Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked on take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked on Big Ten your second listen Locked on Big Ten. Thank you for listening. My name is Zach Sako, your host of Locked on Nittany Lions. New episode out tomorrow.